Hey, hey, welcome to the Adventure Almanac Podcast. Stories about adventure and what we learn along the way. Thank you for listening. If you have time, please leave us a review and visit adventurenerds.com to sign up for our newsletter. What do you need for a good road trip? Snacks? A playlist? Co-pilot. This episode is about Bertha Benz and a road trip and the challenge of having an imperfect idea. You know, a new idea is almost never fully formed, and one of the most difficult decisions we face is determining when an idea is good enough. When does the chance of success outweigh the risk of failure? Carl Benz's company would eventually merge with other companies and become Mercedes-Benz. However, without Bertha, it isn't clear his automobile would have ever made it out of the garage. Let's see what you think. Are you ready for an adventure? All right now, let's go. Bertha looked lovingly at Carl. They had only one year to prepare for the 1889 Paris World Fair. It was obvious to her that the world was changing. Old ideas about horses and stone were giving way to new visions of electricity and steel. If the rumors were true, the Eiffel Tower was sprouting from the ground rising a record-breaking 3,000 feet above the entrance of the fair. Soon, its electric lights would be glowing in the night, shining like a beacon for progress. The World's Fair was the event of the year, maybe even the decade. It was going to be a spectacle, from dancing dragons and Javanese belly dancers in the street to a line out the door to hear the sounds of an opera through one of the first long-distance telephone lines. A ticket was a magic carpet ride to a distant culture, and a time machine into the future, to a world filled with distant travel, improbable machines, and new ideas. Bertha knew that Carl's automobile had to be at the fair. 32 million people were going to walk underneath the Eiffel Tower, and Bertha wondered, would Carl be ready? Would he ever be ready? Engineers were racing to change the world. The far reaches of the globe were becoming more accessible. Steam-powered ships carried hundreds of passengers across the Atlantic Ocean in less than a week. Yet on land, efficient travel was limited to the tracks of trains. They were surrounded by a constant buzz of new machines pushing the world to go faster and farther. Carl and Bertha knew that they were onto something. Carl was an odd genius. Bertha was brilliant. She believed in Carl. Perhaps more importantly, she believed in herself was willing to take a risk. On the day that she was born, Bertha's father wrote in his journal, unfortunately a girl again. In the 1880s, women had few rights and control over their lives passed from fathers to husbands. However, Bertha was from a wealthy family and had access to education. She soaked up ideas in science, and even though women couldn't vote or go to university, Bertha was prepared to make her own way. When she first met Carl, he did not stop talking. She wasn't even sure how she ended up on the bumpy carriage ride with him. But she was entranced by his non-stop rambling about a horseless carriage. He was young and poor, but this man had ideas. They married and shared ideas openly. She worked alongside him as he developed his first machine business. They were a team. When the business failed, she was by his side as every machine in his shop was repossessed. When he faltered, she was there to lift him up. 
She could have used her inheritance to build a mansion for their family, but instead she risked everything on his dream to build the first automobile. These were the lean years. They faced hunger and ridicule and slipped into poverty. But Bertha gave Carl the courage to continue. His machine shop grew and he was successful at building engines. Finally, 13 years and four children later, Carl's side project, the first model of the horseless carriage, was almost complete. Carl had not only invented an engine, but he had also invented a speed regulator, spark plug, carburetor, clutch, gear shift, radiator, and received the first patent for an automobile. Despite his success, Carl didn't feel that the patent motor wagon was ready. He was a perfectionist, and it was never good enough. He lacked confidence in his invention, and he had a hard time making any sales. Without sales, there was no money to grow the production of the automobile. So one day, Bertha took things into her own hands, and she organized a big event to finally share their work with the public. On the big day, a large crowd gathered to see the first automobile. It started off well, but then the driver lost control, crashed into a wall. The crowd screamed in fright, and it was almost the end of their dream. Carl retreated to his shop to tinker. More years went by, and he finished the patent motor wagon Model 2. Carl still thought it needed improvements, so more years went by. The Model 3 was better, but Carl said it wasn't ready, and he didn't believe that they could survive another public failure. On a warm August morning, Bertha snuck out of bed before sunrise and woke her two teenage sons. She knew Carl would not approve. He would never have allowed her to embark on this adventure. But she knew what had to be done. She had to prove that the Model 3 motor wagon was capable of something unthinkable. A road trip. She would show that travel in an automobile was possible and that the motor wagon wasn't a toy but a technology that would change the world. The sky turned a milky gray and nature came alive as the sun welcomed a new day. Bertha left a brief note on the table. She was going to drive to Fonsheim to visit her mother. In 1888, a 65-mile road trip in a vehicle that hadn't traveled more than a couple hundred yards might as well have been a mission to the moon. Bertha and the boys unlocked the shed and slowly pushed the three-wheeled contraption down the rocky driveway and into the quiet street. With the sun in their eyes, they pushed the motor wagon until they were sure that the sound of the engine wouldn't wake Carl. And then they cranked it up and drove east from their home in Monheim. As they left the bank of the Rhine River, they followed the Necker River with only a loose idea of a plan. They kind of knew how to get to Falsheim, but they had never done it themselves. They bumped along carriage paths south by southeast, following railroad tracks and ancient Roman roads along the foothills of the Black Forest Mountains. They drove past farms full from the summer sun. Sweet-smelling vineyards were carpeted in a shiny green. The grapevines were losing their battle with gravity as bunches of ripe green grapes sagged towards the ground. The leaves of the almond and olive trees whispered in the wind, and birds chirped in their branches. It was quiet and it might have been peaceful, except for the sputtering engine growling as the motor wagon bounced over the bumpy path. They were quite a sight. Families hid in the fields and prayed as Bertha drove by. To the farm workers, 
the loud mechanical beast appeared like it was the sign of the coming apocalypse. The motor wagon was totally unfit for travel. There was no fuel tank, and Bertha didn't even know how far they could go. It turned out they could only go about 15-20 miles on the fuel that was in the carburetor. The roads were almost entirely unpaved, and the motor wagon didn't even have shocks. The rear wheels fit neatly into the carriage tracks, but the front wheel bounced mercilessly over the uneven paths that had been plowed by countless horse hooves. This road trip wasn't about comfort. It was about proving herself and her husband's invention. Bertha knew every inch of the engine and the vehicle, and she was perhaps the only person in the world capable to lead this adventure. The two horsepower engines slowly powered them forward. Their teeth rattled and their bones shook as they made progress. When the car stalled on the hills, they simply stepped down into the mud and pushed. Technically speaking, the road trip was illegal. Carl was the only one with a permit to test their noisy machine on the public road. Neither technicalities nor hills would stop them. She drove into the unknown, coaxing the vehicle into cooperation. As they passed the crumbling ruins of the Heidelberg Palace, she knew she was making history and driving into the future. Then, the engine stopped. Bertha stepped down from the bench and inspected all of the components. She guessed that the fuel line was blocked, so she took out a long pin from her hat and tried to clear the line. It worked! The engine came to life and they were on their way again. Then, the engine started sputtering again. This time, they were out of fuel. They were only a few kilometers from Wieslock, so she gathered up her long Victorian skirt and they pushed the car into town and to the nearest pharmacy. Bertha opened the door to the quiet pharmacy and a cloud of dirt and dust followed her in. The elderly pharmacist couldn't believe what she was asking for. She wanted 10 liters of benzene, a petroleum-based cleaning product. Clearly, a few ounces would have been enough to clean the dirt from her dress. She insisted and bought all the benzene in stock. This would fuel their absurd road trip and make the pharmacy the very first gas station. When the spark plug began to short, she used her garter to insulate the wire, and they continued on. She listened to every sputter and groan of that vehicle. When the teeth of the gears started to miss links, they stopped in Brofsile and hired a blacksmith to make a quick fix to the chain. Near the Baroque-style castle, Bertha sent a telegram to Carl to let him know what they were up to. No doubt, he had already heard the news about their progress. Word was spreading quickly from town to town, just as she had hoped. Nearing Falsheim, the road began to climb, and she made a note that they needed another gear to make it up the hills. They recruited a few bystanders to help them push the motor wagon up the steepest sections. When the wooden brakes began to wear out, she hired a cobbler to attach leather strips to the brakes and invented the first brake pads. Covered in dirt and sweat, exhausted from the grueling ride in the hot August sun, they finally arrived in Falsheim as the sun was setting. They had covered 65 miles, climbed 4,000 feet in elevation, and it had taken them about 15 hours. After all of that, Bertha's mother wasn't even there waiting for them. She'd gone on vacation. There wasn't a celebration or homecoming, but that wasn't the point. She had captured the public's attention. Bertha had proved herself and her husband's invention on the open road. After three days of exhibiting the car and performing test drives, she returned home completing another 56-mile road trip.
Thanks to Bertha, the new and improved motor wagon automobile made it just in time to the World's Fair. Over the next few years, the Benz factory would grow into the largest automobile company in the world and create the first mass production automobiles. Bertha took a chance, and she didn't wait for perfection. She took big risk, but believed in her husband and herself when everything else in the world was telling them that they weren't good enough. She received help along the way, but her creativity, courage, and determination defined the improbable success of the very first automobile road trip. Who's ready to hit the open road? If you need a soundtrack for your next road trip or your commute, check out Adventure Nerds on Spotify. Music for today's episode was by Kevin McLeod, Little Glassman, and Jazar. Thanks for listening. What vehicle did you use for your first road trip? <laughs>